Welcome to the Hills College podcast. Our goal here is to create an atmosphere where no matter where you are or what you believe, you can find a place to belong and call home. In this podcast, we will have open and honest conversations that point to what is biblically right and true. We believe the best days are in front of you, and through this podcast, we hope that you find freedom, hope, and joy. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi guys, welcome to the Hills College podcast. My name is Chelsea, and I'm super excited for today's episode. I'm joined here with Nathan Green and Taylor Sellers. Yeah, happy to be here. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yes. Today, we're talking about staying when you want to go. And I'm going to leave it open. It's a general topic, physically, emotionally, and kind of spiritually. We're going to break it down and just provide a biblical perspective on that. And I know each of you guys might have a story that goes with that. I know everyone's had an experience where they wanted to leave, but they're feeling like they're supposed to stay. So if you guys want to give a story in y'all's life, an example where you've had an opportunity to, to go, but you chose to stay. Um, so for me, um, I don't know in, in the things we're going to talk about, we'll get into some of this, but one of the biggest areas of my life where I've experienced the most change has been career. Um, so with job, um, and I know that relates to a lot of people because as you grow and mature, you start to kind of decide what direction your life is going and things like that. And, and with college, like it's basically deciding your whole path for a lot of people when they are getting a degree. It's like, it's like basically saying, this is, this is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. Even though in reality, a lot of times, I don't know the statistic on it, but a lot of times people end up not going into the field they got a degree in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have degrees like art history. Like <laughs> like that's going to be a career. Super but, applicable. Right. <laughs> right. But um, but as it pertains to that kind of stuff, like for me with career-wise, um, there's been more than one where um, it's there, there's aspects of when it comes to choosing a career like monetary you know, sides of it and, and how much money you're making and, and different things like that. Like what things become more important as you get older. Um, like I didn't think about benefits when I was 20, but now that I'm 30, like benefits are at the top of my list. Like making sure that my family's taken care of as far as that goes, because insurance is expensive. Um, things like, you know, what sort of growth I can experience in this career. So, um, in one instance where here recently um, with the company I'm currently with um, there are opportunities within this company that I'm wanting to pursue but um, they're not available to me at this point and I had someone reach out to me this was just in the last couple of months I had someone contact me about uh, a job opportunity in the field I wanted to go in um, and it took a lot of prayer and discernment and conversations with my wife about um, what it looked like because in my past, and I think in this situation, um, not to get ahead of myself, but in this situation, I realized that mistakes I had made in my past were shaping me. And it was a lesson that I learned to be able to make the decision that I was faced with now because I was faced with a similar situation and I jumped at it because it was like, oh, this is great. It's more money, everything like that ended up being really terrible for me and ended up leading me down a a path of, of, being six months without a job because of COVID and I left a more stable job that was necessary 
um, that that would have stayed open and I would have had a job during COVID for a job that I didn't realize. Of course, no, none of us were prepared for it, but didn't realize that if we were faced with something like that, I would be terminated or let right. go. So um, when that happened before, a few years ago, I recalled back to that and it was like a light bulb. I was like, I finally understand why I went through this. And we'll experience that in your Christian walk. If you'll go through something and you don't yeah. understand why you're facing it, and then you'll have a light bulb moment down the road of like, oh, this is why I went through that. But yeah. in this situation, when she contacted me, um, I immediately thought like, this is exactly what I want to do. So I, I looked into it. And even though there were parts of it that ended up helping me make my decision feeling like it wasn't the best thing, it was still very difficult because of there were a lot of unknowns like this could be exactly what I want to do. It is what I want to do, and, it, and it's right in front of me now. So um, ended up being I stayed where I was, but the feeling of also being approached, I had never had that before. So there was also that aspect of, Someone came and sought me out, and I told this to my wife uh, just a couple of days ago. Of I'd never experienced that. Like I've always been the one to go and seek an opportunity. So to have someone approach me, that was another aspect of it that made it incredibly difficult. But for me, it's been career-wise, and there've been there's been different situations like that. But that's the biggest one I can think of. Yeah. So to me, like with this subject, there's different areas where, like, let's say it is job where. You know, there's times where you have to make a decision whether to leave or not. But I think there are areas like in the spiritual walk where, biblically speaking, there's times where you should stay, um, right. and when you should go. You know, if if your your wife commits adultery, that's biblical means for divorce. But other than that, you should stick it out and you should work on it. You should water your grass. Um, I've had personal like in my, in my walk with God. Um, I it was also a job, but it was also faith based. I knew. I was called into ministry and uh, I was just, I knew I was called into like music. I had no idea what it looked like. And I, of course, the first thing I did was like tell Clint and I was like, hey man, I don't even know like, if there's anything, but I just know like the God, like, God spoke to me. And I told him that and he was like, well, I don't know, man. Like just, you know, just keep praying for it. And then um, a year goes by, we, we start writing music and then Pastor Brent, meets with me he's like hey you know he's, he was doing our wedding um and we were just talking about like suits of all things and he just he drops the bomb on me like hey do you want to be like our videographer and I had zero experience with video like zero and I was a I was a full-time photographer but I'd never done video and so there was like a bomb and my photography business was like very successful um like I was traveling a lot I was booking tons and I was I was making decent money. And, um, and so I really, I was kind of taken off guard and then I went home and prayed about it. And I just knew, I was like, man, I, I know that God called me to Cascade Hills. I know he called me here and with music. So I told Brent that and I said, Hey, I know that. And he's like, I can tell that's where your, your calling is. He said, but you know, we really are in need of this position. And like, you know, we want to build a team around you. And then, you know, maybe it could be 60, 40 down the road. And I was like, yes, I believe that this is, you know, God opening a door. Well, then I took the job and I was there for over two years and it was like the worst two years of my life. Uh, like literally because I just, one, it was like not at all my passion, which that's a big thing. Um, I had no experience. So therefore I'm, I'm already behind. So 
the needs of, of a church this size with stuff, as you can imagine, is tremendous, especially with video, something like that. So I was behind immediately. I was already just slacking and I, and I was working 70 hour weeks and I, I was newly married. Uh, and it's just crazy. Like my wife says that I was like literally just not even myself because I was worked so hard and I was, I was so stressed and I, and then, so during those seasons, I'll, I'll have to come back to say during that season, I was like, man, God, like maybe I should just leave this job. Like maybe I should just leave it and say, you know what? I can just go to church. I can keep volunteering, but I know you call me to music, but I don't, I just don't know if this is worth it. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm letting people down, I'm letting my pastor down, I'm letting my friends down. And, uh, I just remember very clearly going back to the moments where God did call me and where I journaled it. And I encourage all my friends and anyone like those mountaintop moments, like always journal those journal them, write them down because he, like Pastor Brent said this weekend, he'll give you those moments in the light so you can hold on to him in the dark. And I just remember going back in my journal and I was just like crying upset because I remember there was a video that I didn't, I didn't do that good on. And I stayed up till 4 a.m. doing it. And I, I went out of town that weekend and I remember just getting a text being like, this video didn't make it. It wasn't very good. And, and, it, and all this was rightfully so. It wasn't very good. But I just remember being crushed and like, man, like, is this worth it anymore? I'm miserable. I'm overworked. I don't know what I'm doing. And I just remember going back and reading my journal and like what God spoke to me in that moment was like, you know what? Hold on. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I, I just, that got me through. And then a year, that was about halfway through. And then a year later, randomly on a Monday, I get a call. I say, hey, this Friday is your last day with video. You're in worship. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like out of nowhere, it happened. And um, I just, I remember that being a, a testimony of like, you know what? If God gives you a promise, like you were saying this weekend, Nathan, like if, if God gives you a promise, you know, and it, it is, you've been confirmed through scripture, it's been confirmed in, in many ways, like hold on to it, hold on to that promise um, with spiritual things, especially if it's biblically backed. Like, just hold on to that promise. And there's going to be seasons where you're going to doubt it, but that's why you journal it. And I always go back to those moments um, and hold on to that. And then, of course, there's moments where you should leave, depending on what it is. Like, there's things where, you know, if, if it is something where it's like a job, let's say you're at a job and you're being treated like crap and you pray about it, I believe that God can totally tell you to leave. And I, yeah. I just think it's the main thing is just to always go to our father first for, uh, everything. And, um, it's easy just to get caught up in what our flesh feels and how we feel about a situation or even what it looks like. But for some reason, like if you go to God with those things, he'll always, he'll always end up nudging you in the direction he wants, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was a, a story for me that was, I mean, that one, that's like my testimony and like that changed me. And I realized looking back, with that, when, when you're going through a season that you don't want to be in and, and you know that you feel like God's telling you to stay, that God is growing you into the person that he wants you to be. It's yeah, always that. that sanctification process. It's always he's molding you in the fire. Like that's a real thing and it hurts and it sucks and it's depressing and you may have all these things. But like if you hold on to, to what he has said about you and like you're going through that process for, not for anything, you know, like he's molding you into the person and maybe it's a lesson that you need 
to have that you don't want to have. Right. Or maybe it's a lesson that was from your something he's just trying to get out of you. Like if God ever convicts you about something, if he ever offends you, if he ever offends something in you, it's because he wants it dead. Mm. So if, if a word from God ever offends you, it's because he wants something dead inside you, <laughs> which is, it hurts, but it's true. But yeah, that's a, that's one of my stories that that's just the only one that really resonates with me. I love that. I think for some reason, while we were speaking, one of the biggest things that's been going on in my mind right now is delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. I think in society today, we want instant gratification. Yeah. Mm. Everything's within five minutes. If you don't get your meal within like five, five minutes, seconds, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. social media, TikTok, yeah, yeah, everything is instant. Yeah. And I think that the instant like delayed gratification is something that some people just don't look for or want. And when you're in a period where you're being forced to stay somewhere, um, whether it be a job or like, you know, friendship or relationship like that, you, your first instinct is to leave. Yeah. If that yeah. friend betrayed me, we're done. I don't want anything to do with them. I might even forgive them, but we're done. I don't yeah. want anything. Yeah. And that's not necessarily showing the love of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, well, it's, to be fair, like what's the longest any of us really wait for anything now? Right. It's true. Maybe 20, 30 yeah. minutes for something, but like we're so accustomed to it that yeah. anytime like, I'll, I'll catch myself in a drive through and Chick-fil-A, prime example. You're in Chick-fil-A drive-thru. You're like, oh, I know they're going to be like 10 minutes tops. And yeah. when they take 15 minutes, it's like, what the heck is going on? I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> like, and as yeah. if like that five minutes is going to mm-hmm. change everything. Society, is, society has shaped itself over the last few decades into a fast-paced nature. And we're talking about different things like job and relationship and things like that. Like, yes, as time has changed you know, like people expect to come into a job, like say it's their first job. You have kids now who are like, oh, I'm not making less than 15 an hour. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I remember when minimum wage became 725. Oh yeah. Because before. And so it was like, you, when you have that kind of attitude, even though there are aspects of it that, okay, it's fair to say that cost has risen, Yeah, but and there's things like that, but in, in even talking about relationships, like you, you, people look at relationships and like dating apps and I'm not going to s- judge anyone for using a dating app, but it's like, you can get everything you need in a relationship in, in one yeah. encounter. And that's just not realistic. From the world, like from yeah. a worldly wife. perspective. Like I know Tinder, you yeah. know, Bumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all that's so shallow. Hinge, it's like so shallow. It is. It is yeah. like you, you can, you can have. Affection, you can have yeah. attraction, you can have sexual satisfaction, uh, yeah. satisfaction, like gratification, all these things in a single encounter, and then you move yeah. on to the next. Yeah. And so it's even even in, in the aspect of relationship, like I think that's how society has shaped everything. It's just all fast paced. Yeah. We get and it, even Christians, because we're human. I mean, we get annoyed. Yeah. Like when our food takes too long. Yeah. It's like we were um, we were in Savannah, and um, the experience was great, but like. Even in one of the restaurants, I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's been like an hour and no one's going to talk to us. And it's just things like that can get in your skin. But that's how society has made it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is so shallow because truly like the best relationship, no relationship is fast. No Mm -hmm. good relationship is fast. I mean, look at, okay, Jesus, prime example, never was in a hurry. Yeah. Ever. He was very busy. He had lots going on. 
But look at all the stories in the New Testament. Almost every one of them, I think it's like 85%, don't quote me on that, but it's way more than half of them were all interruptions. Mm. How busy are you that you can't be interrupted by the Holy Spirit, by a God encounter that he wants you to have? Like we get so busy and so caught up because we're so instant. We need everything now. But half the time, the best things and the things that God wants for you are in the things that are either interruptions or the things that take a while. I mean, a a lasting relationship with my wife, that doesn't just happen overnight. We could have never reached the amount of love and affection we have now in a a month. There's no way. There's no way. There's puppy love and then there's love that's sacrificial. And it's not that every relationship has to start this way, but I mean, I learned this firsthand when people say that the best relationships start as friendships. Hmm. And there's a natural growth in my, my, not that I designed it or I laid it out how it was going to be, but I remember before cultivating a relationship with my wife, it was, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I said, if anything, I really just want this to be like a natural, like organic. I remember using the word organic, which I think is overused when it comes to relationships. But I did. I said, I want this to be an organic thing. Like I would really love to get to know her and just be friends. Yeah. And and you think like see how it goes. But like there's a if you if you like someone or you you or even have stronger affection for someone, I think having a genuine desire to get to know that person mm-hmm. and allowing that to progress all the best relationships are friendships. Yes. And I think, I think as well, like with the delayed gratification, like there's going to be hard times. And I think there's, there's a reason with all the up, uproar of instant gratification that, you know, one in two marriages are end in divorce. Right. And I think that's because what happens is people are like, Oh, we go through a hard time. We've been married for a little bit. We go through a hard time. Well, I can just leave. Yeah. I'll find right. someone else. It's reactionary. We're so used to that. And the, the truth of it is, like you said, instant gra- that that delayed gratification, when you work through something, when you work through a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a relationship or it's a hard season you're going through, whatever it is, if sometimes like that growth that comes from that is so much more worth it than, yeah. than trying to leave. Like the grass is not greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. Exactly. Um, and so wherever you're point. at, like, just, you know, unless there's some absolute reason, you know, like I said, the adultery yeah. or something like that. And even like I've seen God give grace through that. Yeah. Um, but that instant gratification is so bad. And I've mm-hmm. just been reading a lot of books about it and what it does to our brains on the dopamine hit from it and how it literally trains your brain to, to need it and yeah. to want it. Um, it's just so unhealthy for relationships. Like you'll catch yourself the more you do it, you'll catch yourself in conversations, not even being present. Right. Like you'll just be thinking about the next thing you're going to say, as opposed to really being there and listening and then mm-hmm. conversating. Uh, and it's just, it's been really good. The book I read, and then I'm just going to say it because this book <laughs> has changed my life. And I told Nathan about this it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by John Comer, but it just talks about, there was this theologian. He was like, how do I, how do I improve my walk with God? He said, what can I do? Like, how do I, I've lost my fire. How do I get on fire for God? And it was uh, Dallas Willard, who was like a pretty well-known theologian. He said, he, he paused for a long time and he said, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. He's like, okay, what else? And he was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> he said, we are so in a hurry. We're so busy. We need instant gratification that if you just get rid of hurry, 
like God, you will hear God more. You'll have space for God. You'll have space yeah. to have godly interactions. You'll have space for deeper, me- more meaningful relationships. Yeah, and I've I've found that to be true. It changes. It changes how you make decisions during the day, like throughout yeah. the day. And yeah. and when you were when you were talking about marriage, I've never known personally because I've friends that are married. I've seen it in in relatives and uh, just just different people in my life. I've never seen a marriage where someone chose chose to stay. And we're not stronger for it Mm -hmm. on the other side. When you're talking about getting through, like, even though you want to leave, whatever reason led you to that place, when you choose to stay and you trust God for it, um, that I've never seen personally in my life Mm -hmm. where that marriage has not been stronger. The key is if you choose to stay, then you got to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've also seen where people say, well, I'm just going to stay here. Like, let's say it's a job situation. Uh, my job's crap. You know, I'm not doing good. I'm just going to stay here, but nothing in my life's going to change. I'm going to keep living the same way. Well, yeah. you're going to get the same results. Right. If you're going to like be there, then be there. Um, and that's, that's a big thing. I think it's a, I think it's an attitude thing too. You're talking yeah. about, you're talking about jobs. And when people come to me for advice about stuff like that, about job situation and things like that, it's, it's just, it's about an attitude. Yeah. You know, it's about how you, how you approach your day. If you go into your day with the mindset of, today is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. And and I've even had this problem in my own life and my wife has kept me in check with it. She's like, be positive. Yeah. Put on a smile. You work. You do the work of like changing your mindset of how I'm going to approach this day is to be positive. Because it, do, it does really make a difference at the end of the day. And you can totally change your, your whole yes. outlook on your job. Yes. It can become the best job you've ever had. Absolutely. And I, and I, in the job I am now currently, mm-hmm. I left and now I've come back to this company. It's been far better this time because when I came into it, I was changing. Yes. That does have to do with what I went through to get there, but it also does have to do with my growth and maturity through that to allow myself to say, okay, this time I'm going to have a better attitude and it's going to change the outcome. And it has. And that's the same with like spiritual things. Like you're going through that hard season. It's so easy to be discouraged. And I've been there. I get it. But when you, it's funny. Okay, we can all in our lives look in the rearview mirror and be like, "Wow, look at God! How you lined this up! Look how you, all these roads led to right where I'm at." But how come we can't live in that going right now? Yeah. Like, it's so easy to look back and be like, "Oh, God, you did all this for me." But then when we hit a hard patch, we're like, "God, you forsaken me." <laughs> it's like, no, like, hey, this is part of the road. Exactly. Like, buckle up yeah. and let's go. But I'm taking you to somewhere better. And I think if you have that perspective and that attitude saying, you know what, God, this is a hard season, but I know you're growing me through this. Like you will be much better off for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for like my community. Yeah. Cause when I'm going too. through moments like that in my life, someone always reminds me like yeah. God's doing something through you right That's now. Right. Ask him what he wants to teach you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has changed my perspective when I'm going through something really hard in my yep. life. So important, man, to have people that will they'll hold you accountable and encourage you and give you truth. Because yeah. sometimes we don't want to hear it, but yep. sometimes you need it. I didn't have that perspective when I was younger to like think about and approach it from that place of every single thing you go through, there's a lesson in everything. Yeah. And when one of my spiritual leaders told me that, it, it completely changed my life. Like you were saying, like ask the Lord, seek God, what are you saying through this? It could be, it could be a really terrible situation. It could be a really horrible situation, but we see in the Bible ton, tons of examples of people who went through heartache yeah. 
but there was a purpose through it. Yeah, there's never an accident. Show you, no, yeah, yeah, never an accident. That's good. That's good. So while we're talking the topic of jobs, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of soft quitting. No, what? Tell me. Explain it. (laughs) I've never heard of this. So soft quitting is when you go to your job and you do basically the bare minimum. So basically, you pull up your job description. And it says, sweep the floors, check this, do that. You go, go in and do that and that alone. Oh, that's miserable. You don't go above and beyond. You don't see someone else in, help, I mean, in trouble or needing help and help them. You go, you clock in on time, you do mm. your job for the scheduled hours, and then you go right on home. What a sad and yeah. unfulfilled way of life. <laughs> yeah. Because you will just be miserable. It's funny, like, we think sometimes, like, oh, doing the least amount of work is, is going to be giving me the most rest and giving me it's actually funny like no that's not the way it is if you're not growing you're going to be you're going downhill if you're not growing you're going downhill whether it's in your job or it's in anything if you're not growing you're going downhill and especially personally if you're just checking off the box every day i mean that's depressing yeah Yeah. that's depressing i don't want to go into my nine to five job and think uh, my attitude is I'm gonna get as little as I can done, mm-hmm. and just go. I mean that's depressing. It's it's a symptom of society when we're talking about how society is shaped. It's it, this generation, you know, is different than generations before. Like we were taught to have a work ethic where you give your best every day. Yeah. You go above and beyond. Even the term above and beyond is not used. Yeah. And you said that I was like, I haven't heard that in forever because no one talks about it anymore. Yeah. Nobody talks about what you do outside of what you're required to do in your job. Like you do have a description of what, what task you're supposed to meet in that day. Mm -hmm. Like I think about, um, and it doesn't just apply to this, but when I worked in construction, I worked in electrical and we had a quota we had to meet. But if I was ever expected to meet the next level, and that's why I was talking about symptom of society is everyone goes with their handout and they're like, I want it to come to me. Mm-hmm. You have to put the work in yeah. to even be considered for that opportunity. Yeah. But it's a lost on on kids today and, yeah. and, and younger younger young adults and stuff of what like well, I'm just doing what <laughs> you know I'm supposed to do, I'm punching the clock. But it's a disservice to not only like wherever you're working or whatever you're doing, it's also a disservice to yourself because you're gonna be unfulfilled. Like think about the moments that give you the most fulfillment in a job or in a personal life is sometimes usually like if I offer you, if I texted Chelsea randomly this morning, I was like, Chelsea, I just want you to know like what you do on the weekends is so valuable. Like you add so much value to the team. We appreciate you so much. Like, did I have to do that? No. Did I have, am I super just sitting around the house bored and think I'm going to text Chelsea? (laughs) Probably not. But that makes not only Chelsea, it adds value to her life, but it also adds value to my own life. It makes right. me feel like, you know what, I'm contributing to something. And if you're in a job and you're just checking off the bare minimum, one, you're you're not going to get any kind of promotion. You're going to be stuck right there or you're going to no. get fired. Yep. Soft quitting. And then you're just not going to feel good about yourself. You're going to yeah. feel like, man, I, am I even a good worker? Can I even do this? You know, As opposed to if you go in and do more than what's even asked of you and you do a great job, you're going to feel good about yourself. It helps your confidence. It does. For me, I went through a period of my life where I was in a place where I was soft quitting. I didn't really call it that, but I was, and it was an attitude for me. Like for a second, I thought that I was the best employee and that if I wasn't there, they wouldn't be able to function without me. 
And one thing that I definitely learned was I'm very replaceable. I quit that job. I went somewhere else thinking I was doing better. I was getting better. I actually lost the job I left it for. And I tried to come back and mm. they were like, your job's already replaced. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, yeah. I started realizing when I, so I was looking for a job, finally found a job. And instead of having this attitude of look what I'm bringing to the table, I was like, what can I bring to the table? Mm, good. Yeah. And I was like, how can I help? What can I do? Yeah. I was going above and beyond. And in that, like, I've definitely learned where in Colossians it says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, yeah. not for mm-hmm. human masters. And we are working with jobs yeah. where we have bosses that are humans, Sure. but we're also working for God. And if we go into a, a setting with a mindset of what can I, what am I bringing to the table and having that mindset, you're not really giving a good mindset of what Christ is like to people around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where my perspective changed. It's it's one of those things where too, like if you work hard, if you want to be successful, if you want to be successful, work hard for yourself. Yeah. But if you want to add significance, if you want to have a life of significance, then work hard for others. Like add value to other people's life. Like you can be successful and work for yourself and do all this stuff for me, 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 and you can be majorly successful. But if you want to have a life of significance yeah. in other people's lives, then you work for others. What can I do for them? How can I make let's say my job right now, what can I do to help my bosses? What can I do to help my organization that I work for? Not just for me, but for my whole organization. And then what you'll find when you think that way is that you end up adding value and then they're like, Oh, this person's adding value. You get recognition. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you receive you value. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's yeah. something where I realized when I went to my new job, I was like, how can I help here? Like instead of it being about me, yeah. how can I help you? And in that moment, like they're like, well, how can we help you? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, it's wow. a, a yeah. back and forth. Like, yeah. but, and you don't have to have that expectation of like expecting something back, but no, normally yeah. what happens it's is reciprocated. It's natural. Yeah. That's yeah. a normal thing. And that's like pastor Brent always has said, he said, you know, you get what you give. And so that's like, let's say I, I feel like I need encouragement. I'm going through a season where I need encouragement. Well, encourage other people. Yeah. I promise you, if you text a few people, call some people, like you will, your cup will be filled from that. Yeah. It's amazing how that works. It's like sometimes the opposite thing of what you think you need is what you really need. Um, yeah. Like this past weekend was a perfect example. I was just talking to Ethan about this. Like this weekend was a whirlwind of a weekend. It was super awesome, but it was so emotionally draining. And we were just like, whoo, it was like Easter. You know, yeah. you're done. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go take a nap. And then Sunday night, like we had a, a team night for the worship team. And so we we're all hanging out. But I'm like, man, I'm so tired. Like I could almost just like not even want to go. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to go. We're, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to go. So I go. And it's so funny how the very first things I would usually want to naturally nix from my schedule are the very things that fill me up. Yeah. So when I get really busy, my first thing I want to nix is like my quiet time. Oh, I'm just so tired. I don't want to get up earlier and read my Bible. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to coffee with Nathan. I don't want to like do that. I'm just too tired. But then you go to those things and you're like, man, that just filled my cup up. That encouraged me. And I really believe that's like a spiritual warfare that, you know, the devil does not want you to be full. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's funny how the first thing we try to nix is something that we need the most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That verse of, that verse of excellence, something I, I was taught very young and it did help to shape a lot of decisions that I make 
is with the perspective of it's cliche like you're told like god's watching but like when you really take that and you think about what that really means Mm -hmm. and we talk about on weekends like audience of one yeah it's like what we're doing when we're on the platform it's not a performance it is worship to god as we were designed to give it but when you take that and you apply it to your job when you apply it to your relationship when you apply it to your Mm day-to-day it's like god is looking at you yeah and so there is weight that comes with that and responsibility that comes with that of, okay, you ask my best, yeah. so I give my best. Yeah, exactly. And there's such reward in that. Like you're talking about, you know, if you do things, and, and I was told this a long time ago, pure motivation eliminates compromise. When you have a heart mm. that is yeah. pure, it's, it's I'm going to serve God in everything I do or with my job, I'm going to seek an opportunity to help those around me without needing that self-validation self, self, yeah. self validation, everything like that. A, a secondary consequence of that is yeah. promotion. It is this. Yeah. But you don't have to compromise in certain areas to get that. It's like people want to be all about me, 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 yeah. me. Yeah, they do. But when you're all about them, 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 exactly. you see that you are elevated and you are given that recognition and your cup is filled, as you said. Yeah, people talk about the different types of leadership. You know, there's this leadership, this leadership. And they're like, servant leadership. No. Servant leadership is leadership. Yeah. yeah. That is what leadership is. Yeah. That's the only leadership is servant leadership. That's good. I love that. You lead by example. Yeah. Before we go into the relational aspect of it, I really want to... Um, say that a lot of people act the way that they act they have this attitude because they think that there's no other options so when you're in a job and you're working you have this negative mentality this negative attitude about your job it's because they don't think there's anything better out there what would you say to that I mean I would say like like I was saying earlier you know it, it is all about perspective like Nathan was saying like there is definitely, you may think there's nothing better, but I can tell you there's plenty worse out there. If you ever think you're the, in the worst shape in the world, you're wrong. And I doubt anyone can honestly, anyone in America could ever say that. Um, and so there's always like, there's always hope and there's always, you can be going through a season. And like I said earlier, God is bringing you here for a reason. If you're a believer, like you can know that where you're at right now is not an accident. You're not, it's not an accident. And even if you made a bad choice, like God knows and he will use it for good. Um, and it's just no, there's always a hope. And, and if you get lazy with it, it's easy to do that. It's easy to say, well, you know, there's nothing better. I'm just going to s- sit right here. And maybe like, and you need to go to God and just say, God, is there anything better? Like be vulnerable and say, you know what? Is there anything better? And I guarantee you, he will not leave you right there. He never will. Yeah. I've been a personal example of that. He's never left me when yeah. I asked. Yeah. And I think even where you're at, even if it's, if you're miserable, if you do the best you can with what you have, where you are, he won't leave you where you are. He'll yeah. increase what you have. That's I Pastor that. Bill that's all the way. And that's very true. He will always increase what you have if you do what you can. I love that. That's good. So I want to kind of go into the relational aspect of it. And the biggest point that I kind of want to talk about is ghosting. And I think that's very prevalent in today's society. Mm -hmm. Earlier we were talking about swiping through dating apps, but a lot of people end up ghosting people because they want to avoid conversations. They don't want to let people down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that we personally, I have experienced choosing to go up and have a conversation about things versus being quiet about it. 
and moving yeah. on away from it has deepened the relationships with people around me. And so I kind of want to talk about it with other people because I feel like some people don't understand that. Absolutely. And for me, it was a process to get because yeah. you don't like confrontation. It's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. I was. It's funny. A book I was just reading talked about this. It said, would you rather have 10 seconds of extreme uncomfortableness or like have a life of like more fulfillment and more and more openness and more honesty because the real reason people ghost is they don't want to let someone down like Mm -hmm. whether it's you know hey do you want to come hang out or this and they'll just not answer because they don't want to say no or they're like oh man i got so much to do i don't want to do it but i'm just i don't want to i don't know what to say to them you know like clarity is is king like if you just say hey I would love to, honestly, I really would, but I am just so stressed out right now. I'm so busy. I think I just wanted to stay home and be with my wife. You know, what's funny. Like we think that would just make someone so mad. Like when it's you, when you're like saying that you're like, Oh my God, they're going to get, they're going to think the worst of me. If someone said that to me, if Nathan's like, man, I'm going through, I'm just so busy. I, I just want to stay home. I'm like, dude, yeah, get some rest. Like, it's so funny how we think that's like people are going to react the worst. But if you just be open and clear and honest and say, or like, hey, can you, like, do you want to come do this? Like, I have been like, I'm sorry, like right now, like Fridays, like I'm I'm taking time off. I'm not doing it. Uh, I w- I'm sorry, I can't help you. And it's funny how we think that's the worst, but they're, they're like, okay, well, and I'm like, hey, next time, reach out. Like, yeah. it's not as bad as you may think. So we, we've been in the college, we've been talking about dating, we've been in this dating series talking about singleness and loneliness and things like that, and we've gone through different steps and called it cuffing season. But for relationships and as it pertains to that, people are so dictated by emotions in the sense of like, well, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. And where I'm going with that is with it com- when it comes to ghosting people, like they're afraid of the outcome, like you said. Yeah. Because the alternative is, well, what if they react badly? Yeah, what if I'm rejected? And the thing is, for me in my personal life, I don't avoid confrontation because it does it does allow me to weed out those who aren't really there. Yeah, for me, Mm -hmm. it's like it's a it's a lesson in myself of like, okay, so and and for instance, like when I have plans with someone and we've been planning this for a while, if that person gets mad at me, it lets me know, okay, so they're. They, and and it's not to be judgmental, but it is to to evaluate the situation and say that person cares more about themselves mm. and their needs because they need to talk to me about something or they're going through a hard time. Like I want to be there for them, but I can't be at my best self to give them the best advice because I know that they're going through something. So yeah. I want to give them what I can, but I don't have the energy mm-hmm. or I'm dealing with something at home or whatever your situation defines for you. But I use that as an opportunity to really learn who's real in my life because if they're not understanding, then they're not, they're not real friends and you don't need them in your life. If people get mad because plans change or plans fall through or whatever it is, or, you know, the alternative for people, well, I can just, I can just ghost them and then pretend like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like you get that text. Like, Oh man, I just saw this. That's never the case. Yeah. (laughs) It's never the case. (laughs) It's funny how like this ghosting thing is like, it's relatively new. Like it's relatively like, like I'm a millennial. I'm not that old, like, you know, 29, but that wasn't a thing with my friends. Like we were like, we were just like, no, but now it's, it's funny. Like as I text younger people, you see like, it's just a part of like their culture. Yep. Right. And I, and I understand because it's like, I'm scared, but the truth is like, it's very coward. Like, like, you know, there's a, there's an, 
it's not good for anybody because one, if I'm the person who's ghosting somebody, well, that just looks bad. It just looks bad on me. It's like, well, this person doesn't even have like the audacity to answer me. Right. And then it's like, it's not good for you either. Cause it's like, well, you just didn't answer anybody. It just doesn't, it's not good for anybody. It doesn't yeah. communicate well. And like, I just rather be open and honest and say, yes, no, <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> it. Like, you know, it, you get over it quicker. I mean, it's, it's just better that way. Yeah. It just leaves people hanging. And I know a lot of people who have been on the reciprocated end of it where they just get ghosted and they have so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just when like a simple no would have been exactly. so much better because exactly. then you can move on. Hey, you know, that's like, let's say, let's say I'm in, I'm not in a relationship. I'm single and I'm, 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 cr- I'm hitting, I'm crushing on somebody or I'm interested in someone and I ask something instead of ghosting me, I would much rather just say, Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm, I'm sorry. And it may hurt a little bit, but guess what? You can get over it. Okay. I can move on as opposed to, We'll never the know. Hold up. We'll never yeah. know what the happened. And how you know? <laughs> it's it's been it's been equated to negative that if you get ghosted, it's a no. But it does more damage. Yeah. In yeah. the end, if you're doing it to avoid hurt, you yeah. don't really realize that you're causing more damage more yeah. in the end because they're like, oh, they didn't even like me enough to let me know. Yeah. Like yeah. we went on a date. Like let's go again sometime, and no response. No response. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. Was it that yeah. bad? There's a nice way to say no. There is. Like, there's a there's a right way. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be like, hey, I had a phone tonight. You want to hang out again? Heck no, that was the worst. Or no, I, I mean, you know, unless you're just absolutely soulless. You know what led to this was breaking up over text. Yeah. That was that was our generation. It was. When that started. That did. That did. It is like it was like that's that was the stepping stone to ghosting because yeah. you're like you couldn't even face that person, so you'd text and be like, well. Yeah, we're just it going. started there. That it's was not, like the gateway drug you, to ghosting. It's not you, it's me. And it's like that text you get, and it's like, bro. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, That's I think funny. one thing a lot of people face if you are ghosting someone is clarity. Like yeah. having the conversation and like genuinely saying the words and saying them correctly, saying them nicer than just being rude and being like, no. But I think a lot of people struggle with having confrontation yeah. and having a healthy conversation about it. Like, yeah. hey, I don't want to date you. Not because you're a horrible person or anything, just because I'm not physically attracted to you. I'm in a different spiritual walk than you. And just basically being able to go up to someone and have that conversation. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, when we were talking about our dating series, that that's a big struggle for them. Communication is so hard for them to go up to them and say, hey, I don't want to date you because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Because it is kind of harsh. It is. Know? It's hard. It's not easy. And if you like confrontation, you need a therapist because that's not, you should, <laughs> no one likes confrontation. I mean, you not, should not want, you should not like it because it's uncomfortable. It's not, it's not bad. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's necessary sometimes. It like, is. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a way to handle it where both parties end up better for it. Right. Yeah. You're able to be honest because honesty, like honesty, trust, communication all these things are 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 cornerstones pillars of a relationship of healthy relationships anyways but like one of those keys is like even if it hurts i have to be honest like in marriage like you know not going and be like hey like i'm out but like just being honest about certain aspects of maybe things that are frustrating you about this individual or you've noticed certain aspects of whether it be character traits or just habits or whatever it is you have to be honest about that not with the intent of hurt because yeah. it never should be the intent to hurt the person yeah. you care about or if you're dating or, you know, whatever, or you're just talking or whatever it is. 
um, that honesty, regardless of how, how that makes that person feel, you want them to be better. You want yourself to be better. And that takes maturity and it takes growth, but that communication is always key. Yeah. And I can say from personal experience, every conversation is awkward. No matter how many times you have that confrontational conversation with someone, it's going to be awkward. (laughs) I'm learning how to be better at it right now. But at the same time, it's just a process of Mm -hmm. doing it over and over again to be able to just be like, hey, this is my honest take on it. I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings. I do love you. I do care about you as a person. But at the same time, this is what I'm feeling. And we're just not on the same page. When it comes to dating, I I think it's a development of confidence in yourself. Of like we talked about ripping up our list a few weeks ago and it's like I'm letting go of the things that I hold like expectations but you do have standards right so if that person is not meeting those standards it's not that you're you're trying to have them meet unrealistic expectations but a standard of having a real relationship with God or someone that is affectionate or that meets certain love languages like you don't want someone who hates physical touch and your way of giving affection is that may not mesh very well. There's certain right. there's certain character traits, yeah. you know, that don't mesh and don't blend. And so you have to be true to yourself, be confident in yourself, and know who you are and your identity in Christ, to then turn to that person and say, "This is because of me." Like, not say it's me, it's not you, it's me, but but to say, "This is where I am. Yeah. This is who I am," and be honest with that person, even though it sucks. Yeah. But you have to. And, from on, that and on the flip side of that. Like no could be the most liberating word in your vocabulary. Yeah. And the more you actually, and I, I was like, I'm, I grew up a people pleaser. I was very much a people pleaser. And I still fall into it sometimes, but I've learned with experience that no is one of the most like powerful words. And like, and you know, it's not as bad as you may think. Like, like I was saying earlier is people aren't going to like freak out about some things, you know, you can, you, we overthink it. Yeah. Like only we think about ourselves as much as we think about, you know, no one else is thinking about us like we do. Um, and so like saying no, like frees up so much of your life, but it also shows that person like, Hey, wow. Like they're, they're like admirable enough to say no. Like they have yeah. the courage to say that instead of just ghosting someone, which is like, there's such a coward's way out. Yeah. And by saying no, like, it's actually sometimes better. Like, yeah. if you choose to, like, say yes and you show up and you do half, half of what there. you normally do, yes. it's, yep. it's so much worse than if you just said no and they found someone who yep. can fulfill that the correct way. Yeah. And that's something I've learned. Yeah. Because I am a people And that goes back too. to that soft quitting thing. Yep. Like, if, you, if you're going to be there, be there. 100%. You're in the way. Yeah. You're in Don't the way. just be half in, half out. There's yeah. That does no good for anybody, including yourself. Yeah. I had so much respect. I respect him greatly, but, but Clint who's a worship pastor for, for Cascade Hills. He said, if I ever reach a place where I have an attitude of, I I have to, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm the wrong person for it. I yep. get to, get to yeah. in the, in the, in the sense of like leading worship and his day to day and his job and his life and everything. But I apply that. It just gave me so much respect for him because I apply that to my marriage. Yeah. I apply that to my job is that I'm blessed because I get to wake up every day with a roof over my head food in my stomach yeah i have a wife that loves me i have a job that pays me like i yeah. have income i have stability and not everybody can say that but also in the aspects of relationship i get to love this person every yeah. day it should never be about obligation i think obligation is and obligation and expectations are the enemy of progress mm-hmm. and god showed that and revealed that to me 
of like when we when we have expectations for people, it can it can be so damaging yeah. because it's not real for us and it's hard for them because you feel like you can't live up to a certain expectation. But then the obligation side of it is in relationship or job. When you're just doing it out of obligation or when you're going through the motions, we yeah. talked about that this weekend too. You're in the way of yeah. someone else who could do it, not just better, yeah. but be the right person. Yeah. Because if you're not doing it from a place of passion, you're not the right person. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that also speaks to God. Like, God doesn't need us; He wants us. Yeah, and He exactly. wants us to fulfill the spots we are called to step into the spots that He wants us to be in. Yeah, and instead of putting ourselves in places where we should not be and fulfilling positions that we're not supposed to be in, we need to step out of the way so that God can mm. fill that correctly. Yeah, and God never wants your half effort. Like, yeah. No matter where you're at, that's like, I forget who said it, but if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper yeah. there ever was. Like, you know, God wants you to be 100% all in wherever you are. Um, yeah, that's it. One of my friends, we were talking about this topic. Her name's Kylie, and she said something in the sense of, in a time of crisis, the way you react reveals the way you see the Lord. Mm, and yeah. I think that's really good to go into our last part where it's about spirit talking spiritually about staying spiritually with the Lord In most of your instances when you have the opportunity to stay or go have you ever thought like what would Jesus do would he stay would he show his character or would he go would he leave and I think your choice in that decision that shows that reveals Christ you know that gives a picture of Christ to those around you if you're in a very tough situation but you choose to stay and you chose to do the best that you can you're showing Christ in that moment mm-hmm. versus having a bad attitude, leaving early, soft quitting, yeah. ghosting people. You're not p- giving a good image of Christ in that. Yeah. So, I mean, go ahead. sorry, this is like, I just, this just came to my head. I think it's a perfect picture of what we're talking about. And all these instances, like in the Bible, like there's the story of when Jesus brought his three closest friends up on the mountain and he revealed like his full like godly self to them. They couldn't look at him, but they saw Elijah and Moses. And it was this incredible moment. And those are the moments we all live for, right? We yeah. all love these moments. And the disciples said, God, like, let's just pitch a tent right here. Like, let's live. Can we just live right here? And we'll have this this holy moment together forever. And no, like Jesus is like, no, like life is done down there. Right. And like, what a picture of like our lives. We have these high moments. And of course we all strive for those, but the perspective of knowing, you know, life is not done living on the mountaintop It's mm-hmm. done in the Valley. And that's where God can use you more like on the mountain, like the mountaintop's really fine. Only so much fits up there, but there's a lot going on down the bottom. And like, that's where life's meant to be done, but you can hold on to what he gave you on the mountaintop uh, while you're down there. And that reminds me of some advice that you gave me where, you know, nutrition is found in the valley versus mm. the mountaintops. You know, in the, when you go up in the mountaintops, you're found, yep. you find snow. Yeah. Everything's hard because of the cold. Yep. But in the valleys, you have that provision. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things grow in the valley. That's right. We grow in the valley. Come on. So that we can ascend the mountain. That's good. I think about um, well, on the way over here, I was just praying about this. And um, I think we as Christians and even young Christians, those that would be listening to this podcast who are still trying to understand. I, I think back to when I, when I first started really pursuing God, there was this fear 
And I think this is perpetuated by a lot of people because we don't know, like, well, how do I listen to God? Like, how do I hear his voice? Like, those were questions that I asked and thinking about there's this fear of being outside of the will of God. But the Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delight and he delighteth in his way. And it's about even though even though we can't see everything in front of us, there is a trust that comes with that to yeah. know that whatever God has is the best thing. I was having a conversation with, with someone a part of our college ministry, Alex King, and a lesson I learned long ago about faith. Faith is the foundation of everything we do as Christians. Um, it's it's everything that we build upon our belief in God, our belief in each other. Everything is about faith. But we always hear that faith and doubt. We talk about doubt like doubt is the enemy of faith. But I learned that doubt isn't the enemy of faith. It, the Bible says walk by faith, not by sight. And that really sight is the enemy of faith. Is that we, in ourselves, when you're faced with whatever direction your life is going to go, like what we talked about in the beginning, when we start to shape out our life and everything, we can see for ourselves. We use that terminology. Well, I see myself this. I see myself this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's any mistake that God uses certain terms in the Bible when he talks about vision, like having a vision for your life. That vision is solely based on what God sees because he sees the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He knows everything. When God has started a work, he is faithful yeah. to complete that work in you. Yep. And so even though we can't see everything that's in front of us, when we trust God to know that he sees it all, that that we don't have to be afraid of being in his will. Yeah, we know that we will be in his will as long as we trust and we know that, that he will carry us through it. Yeah. That's something that was really heavy on my heart on the way over here. I just thought about that verse. Yeah. I mean, and I think as hard as it is, it's so easy to say it, but to live it out. Like when you're in those hard seasons, like, like we were talking about earlier, like asking God what it is I'm, I'm learning. What do I need to learn? Like, what am I seeing here? And he may not even answer you right then, but the scripture, like the Psalm 23, when it says, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, notice it didn't say I run through the, mm-hmm. like he is walking through the shadow of the valley of death. Like sometimes those seasons, like even though they're really hard, like if you just slow down and say, God, whatever this is, like I'm going to be here. It's, it sucks. I'm in this pit, but I'm going to be here because, you know, you have me here. This is not an accident. And I think just being there and having that perspective too, like for people going through hard times, like just know that God is with you right there yeah. and he has you there for a purpose. And then, you won't it, this too shall pass like you will not be there forever yeah. it really will pass this reminds me of the verses in romans where it talks about perseverance where perseverance produces character and character produces sorry produces hope and mm. i think staying in a place where you want to go it produces the perseverance yeah that you need to go through yeah. and then in that it produces a character in you that no one can argue against. Yeah, that's good. And that provides you with hope when you face another situation that you are have to stay yeah. in or you the next valley that you're going into. Yeah. When we first started this off, you guys each shared your stories. A lot of you guys said that you looked back yeah. and you can see how God pieced things together. When you are in a situation where you have an option to stay or go, remember that there was moments where you felt the exact same that you felt right that you feel yeah. right now. Yeah. And that's good. what choose to make a better decision than what you did last time. That's what you did with your job. Yeah. You chose based on the things that have happened to you before. Now you're in a situation that's better. 
then you were enticed with something that could have seemed better, but you chose to process it and walk through it slowly versus jumping ship and going, that's it. Yeah. That's really good. And I think it applies to like every area of our, of your life. Yeah. Because like Nathan's story and like mine, like you just said, it was perfect. It really builds your character and there. And like going forward, you have more character, you have more wisdom in that. And the opposite end of that is like the instant gratification and the leaving the ghosting. You're literally, if you're not building yourself up, you're tearing yourself down yeah. and you're getting in these situations and it's only going to get worse if you don't stick it out. And I think that applies to so many areas. Like I even think about churches. Like there's so many times where I have seen friends of mine, people that I, I loved come to, to Cascade and be like, Oh, this was fun. You know, blah, blah. Oh, but man, that, that over there, the, the music over here was cool that weekend. And then, Oh, this was over here was cool. And I'm like, Hey, like, if you're getting fed like does your does your preacher preach the bible and then if you're if you are here like be here like you know of course there's reasons to leave and there is for sure but if it's biblically sound and you're there like the grass is not greener on the other side and i've seen friends of mine who have you know and i'm not trying to name drop but it's been like we've been here and then they're like oh i'm gonna go to i'm gonna work work for elevation i love elevation i love elevation i love their music (laughs) But the thing is, like, more so than, like, going off to a church that's completely somewhere else, like, God has you here. God has you here. How about build what you want here? Like, help build your local church. And I think it's so, you don't find that anymore, especially in the younger people. It's like, we'll go to whatever's cool. Like, whatever's cool. How about you make what's cool? Like, how about you build your church here? Like, God honors that, and that, that builds character. Yeah. I look at the people like the saints of Cascade Hills, and I admire them so much because they were here from the beginning, and they have such a strong character. And then I see people, I know people who have, whether it's through jobs or whatever, just jump church to church to church, and I'm just like, man, it's, it's not it. It's not yeah. it. God honors it. Yeah, God honors that, like, you know what? Here, God has me here for a reason. I'm going to dig my heels in and I'm going to make this thing better than it is. We all want, we all want things in our life. We all want success. We all want, you know, things that we have and goals that we want to reach. But what we fail to understand a lot of times and a lot of people that aren't, you know, have their feet planted is God can't build on a weak infrastructure. Mm -mm. And when it comes to your spiritual life, the importance of, having a home church somewhere yeah. that you are planted firmly yeah. is is a vital aspect mm. of anyone's Christian walk yeah. because all the things that God wants to do, yeah. we just talked about your steps are ordered. So God has a destined plan for you. Yeah. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. From from the, the first day of your life to the very end of your life, yeah. God knows. But if you never have an infrastructure that is firmly planted, yeah. So I love that that worship song, Christ is my firm foundation, mm-hmm. the rock on which I stand. Mm-hmm. Everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I build my life on Jesus. It is so true oh, yeah. in every aspect of your life that you have a firm foundation and infrastructure to build upon. And, and practically, a building can't stand mm-hmm. on a firm, no, on a foundation yeah. that is weak. Yeah. So yeah. when you go in and you survey a home and you're looking at houses and everything like that, that's why one of the first things they tackle is like, how's the infrastructure? Yeah. Because that that house will fail. Whatever you try and build for yourself will fail yeah. if you don't have that infrastructure. And man, even more so than that, than the church, 
is like you just said, like, is your life built upon a foundation of like biblical principles? Cause it is in this day and age, man, there are just so like much going on. That's just tickling people's ears, like telling you what you want to hear. And like, there's, there's a place for that. But man, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, you are in for a disaster. You are just following rabbit trails. And if it's not biblically based, like, man, like, I encourage everyone to have your own walk with God. Like it's easy to with, with social media and podcasts and YouTube to just follow every pastor and listen to every sermon. But man, read your Bible, Mm -hmm. like open your Bible and say, God, like talk to me. Like, this is my, this is my foundation. This book is my foundation. And what you'll realize when you do that is you'll see, there's a lot of people out there who are kind of just blowing smoke to make people feel good as opposed to giving truth because sometimes truth sucks and it hurts. And I respect our leadership here at Cascade Hills because there's been times where stuff was said to me or that was said in the, from the pulpit that, man, I was like, Ooh, I, that kind of rode me wrong. But then I'm like, well, God, you want to kill something in me and it's not of you. And it's just yeah. funny when you look at the Bible, like that's the way it always works. Mm-hmm. It always works that way. And so being like, of course, rooted in a church, that's biblically sound, but also like have like some walk of your own. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think having a firm foundation in Christ that helps when you have the option, because if you choose to stay, God's got something for you. He's mm. going to bless you if you choose to stay. But if you also choose to go, he's going to bless you in that too, as long as you're still within the will of God. Yeah. God's a faithful God. He yeah. honors faithfulness. And the Bible talks about he's faithful even when we are not, but he does honor faithfulness. Yeah. It, if it's if it's a relationship, if it's a job, if it's if it's a church, whatever it is, God will honor faithfulness. Of course, He also honors trust. So if yeah. God does tell you to go, you do need to have those voices yeah. in your life, those people in your life. Like it changed my life when when I came to Cascade and they said, "Keep your heroes close to home." Mm-hmm. I didn't immediately start yep. purging voices out of my life, but I did start to understand the importance of of that Man, principle. It's so good of keeping your hearers close to home, and and it's okay to listen to these pastors and these these yeah. religious groups and things like that, as long as they are biblically sound and what they are preaching is the gospel. And a lot of days, yeah. a lot of times today, it's not. But when I started to apply that to my life, I found that there's so much growth in that. Mm-hmm. That when you say, "Okay, I'm going to have a firm foundation. I'm going to trust what God's doing." But then it, you start to really be able to hear God's voice when you shut out all these other voices. And God's like, I do have you here for a reason. Right. Everything you go through is for a purpose. And then when God does tell you to go, you don't have to question it. And I think that's really the whole goal with this, with even this episode is mm. helping people start to learn, okay, if God's telling me to stay, I stay. But when he does tell me to go, I know it's him and I don't yeah. have to question exactly. it because his voice is familiar. Yeah. And you have yeah. to be ready when he does say go. Like, yeah. be prepared yeah. for when he does say go. Yeah. If you're in a situation and you don't like it, do the best that you can there. And then when God says go, go. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pastor Brent this weekend said, he said, I mean, I just love the people when they, when God says move, they're already buckling up there. You know, they're getting ready to go. And and I think that really a lot of this goes back to spiritual authority as well, which that's a whole nother podcast. But like your spiritual authority, like God also very much so honors that. And that's biblical. There's an umbrella of covering that happens when you are under your authority. And now that's, it sucks when you're a kid, your parents are your authority and God honors your authority. Like, so 
listen to your parents. Like if you are at a church where your pastor is preaching the gospel and preaching truth, like that's your spiritual authority. And like, I have seen people who have gone off and like tried to do some other stuff and it, I've seen their life, their, the blessing of their life fall off them. Yeah. And it's because they went and squandered off something else. It's like the prodigal son story. Right. Like you leave and you waste everything and you realize, oh my God, I, what I had was, you know, yeah. dang, it was good. Yeah. And God always leads when he le- he's led people. It's never like this clear, awesome, long path. It's always the lamp at my feet. Yep. I can see one step ahead of myself. But you know what? God, you're showing me this step and I'm going to take it. I don't know what's two steps ahead, but I know what's one. Yeah. And so like, you know, when you're in a tough situation, like just know like, all right, well, God, like show me my next step and I'll take it and be ready to move and don't just sit there, you know? Yeah. I think for me, like I'm a planner. I love planning my next steps, the steps after that, the next six months. Mm-hmm. And God's definitely been wrecking that in my life yeah. and going, you yep. know, you have to trust me now. Yep. Don't trust me six months from now. You should have a plan, but I think you should also know that God, like if you, like I'm willing to change my plan. Yeah. If I wake up tomorrow and I have this whole day, 12 a.m. to 12 p.m., 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. planned, and you say, you know what, throw it all away and go do this, like you better be willing to do that because God honors that and it will bless your life. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just staying in the will of God. That's something I'm learning while I'm going to school right now is aligning your will to his and you will be blessed by doing that if god's calling you to stay if god's calling you to go just do what god's calling you to do move when god asks you to move yeah and you'll be blessed yeah yeah. god will align everything along the way it won't make any sense to you along the way but it's happening at the same time yeah there's a prayer that pastor bill said that let me see if i can get it right that really was cool it was like god uh change my wants to your wants and if my wants don't align to your wants, change my want to. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, yeah. Like sometimes like just the praying, like God, whatever my wants are, like change them to be whatever your wants are. Yeah. And you, you will know. know. You will know. We were talking earlier about how do I know if I'm in the will of God. You will know because you experience. There is no greater experience of misery that you experience until you are outside of the will of God for yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. And even even in my 20s. Um, while I'm still discovering who I am and, and building my relationship with the Lord, I experienced that yeah. misery, and I was like, I am completely outside of the will yeah. of God for my life. But you also know on the other side of that, when you are yeah. perfectly aligned with yeah. God's will, because you experience favor. Confirmation. You experience so much blessing, yeah. confirmation. The Lord reveals His self more to you yeah. than He yeah. ever has when you are in line with his will yeah and that's it is scary because it's like there's this one path that god has for me and there's a million options that i can take yeah but it's just about taking it a step at a time when you said walk yeah like that that is so impactful when you just say i'm gonna pace myself i'm gonna trust god i don't know where i'm going tomorrow but i know that as long as i trust him and i say it and i pray it god keep me in your will yeah and that heart that you have it yeah. will change it, yeah. and you will be in the God's will if you trust Him. And and like, if you're going through a hard season, like, and honestly, even when you're not, like one thing that I've really learned, like really ask God to confirm like where you're at. Yeah. Like say, God, like if this is where I'm supposed to be, I want. Like, could you confirm it? It's amazing in my life the times where He has confirmed it. Like even going back to that story, I'll let you in on what happened in the very beginning when I was in that hard season. So we, I was working with video 
and um, we were writing music. I knew God called me to music, and we had just released The Cross is Enough, which was our first single. And I remember when I was just crying, I was, I was sobbing, I was upset. I'm like, God, I don't know if I, I'm, I may just leave and go back to photography. I was super successful. I can do it again. And I remember just being so upset. I was by myself up in North Georgia in a cabin. Um, and I, I remember going back in my journal and I was just like, God, please confirm to me, like, that this is, do you want me to do this? God, is, is this the path that I need to be on? And this was at a, like a young life camp, if anyone knows what that is, but it was up in North Georgia and I was by myself and I read, like, I was flipping through my journal and I read, like, uh, the cross is enough was in my journal somewhere, just that word, like that phrase. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's not, I don't receive that as confirmation, but whatever, I'm still upset. I'm going to leave and maybe there's some hope. And I, I, I leave, I clean myself up and I go and a friend of mine was preaching that night and I walk in, I missed it. Cause I was like, I needed some time just to be myself. And I come in and the last phrase of, of her message, I literally opened the door and she goes, and she was saying, I don't even remember what she said, but she said, blah, 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 and the cross is enough. And I, like, <laughs> I literally had to walk back to the cabin because immediately just tears. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, are you kidding me? I literally just asked for confirmation. And, God, yeah. you gave it in the most abounding, yeah. like, perfect way. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. That was just such a like, God moment. So I, yeah. I encourage people who are going through a hard season or, you know, even if you just want to know that you are where God wants you to be, just to ask him. Like he's yeah. a loving yeah. father who will reveal to you what his yeah. will is. You you'll know? be tested in that. Like, yeah, yeah. You'll be tested. It's it's different when you go through testing and when you go through misery, because misery is is disobedience. Testing is obedience. Mm, that's good. And like my favorite book of the Bible is James, and in James one it talks about kind of similar to what it talks about in Romans chapter five of the testing of your faith produces patience, and when that's completed its work, you'll be mature mm. and complete, lacking nothing, which is what we want. Yeah. What yeah. we strive for is to be complete. That's good. We're complete in God, but in our walks with God, the Bible says he's given us everything we need to live an abundant life, to live a godly life. So we want that completion in Christ, but you have to go through the testing. Yeah. 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 Like you, when you're talking earlier about uh, God in the aspect of how he does that is equate God to a blacksmith of how yeah. that metal is hard and yep. it's rough and it's raw. And it's put in the fire so it can be molded and yeah. it's beat out. Like, yeah. I love the show Forged in Fire. Like, I watch it all the time <laughs> uh, yeah. on Netflix. But it's like, I think about that in a spiritual aspect of I'm the metal. Yeah. He's absolutely. putting me in the fire, but I am in his will. Yeah. So even though it hurts sometimes and it's hard, I know that on the other side, I you'll can be better for into, it too. I can be made yeah. into exactly what he's, but he's designed yeah. me to be. Yeah. In the Bible, it talks about the pressing, it relates us to wine and the grapes in the pressing. Like that's where like it, it hurts and it sucks, but it's making you into a beautiful glass of wine, mm. <laughs> you know? Thank you guys. I hope you guys had a great time listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hills College podcast. For more information about our ministry, follow us on Instagram at the Hills College and feel free to DM us with any thoughts or questions. Tune in next time so we can chat some more, but until then, go be the church for the unchurched. Thank you.